I'm so thankful for the opportunity to, uh, oh, I dropped my notes already, <clears throat> to uh, speak the word to, to Connection Point Church, and I'm thankful for, for this church and for the church's leadership and our willingness to, to give opportunity for people to step up into leadership positions. I'm so thankful for, for Pastor Todd and, and Rachel and the, and the rest of the church leadership. So, and that's kind of what, what we're going to be talking about a little bit today. As you can see, I'll tell you, leadership lessons from the life of Moses. Now, don't get scared. We're not going through all five books of the Bible, learning about every facet of Moses' life. So we don't have time to do that. I wish I did, but we don't. So <laughs> I'm sorry. But leadership lessons from the life of Moses. You know, I didn't, the Lord dropped this message into my heart. I didn't even know that it was Pastor Todd's series about letters to leaders. I didn't know that. So, but I praise God that he's speaking to leaders and everyone in here. And kids, listen up. You are leaders. If you're a parent, if you're a mom or a dad, you're a leader. And one of the highest, best ways possible is to be a parent, a mother and a father. If you're a grandparent, you're a leader, praise God. And if you're, you know, in church leadership, you are a leader. You're helping to lead in the community. So anyway, Moses was one of my favorite Old Testament characters and the, I, I love the Old Testament. It lends itself so well to character studies. Hallelujah. So we, we can also learn from, from Moses' successes and from Moses' failures. And he had a whole lot of those, too. <laughs> and so not to take too much time with this point, but, you know, as leaders, no matter what capacity of leadership you're in, we can learn more or as much or more from our mistakes and our failures as from our successes. And I'm learning that as we try to parent our three-year-old. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, I don't want to spend too much time with that, but it can be really interesting. Praise God. I got a scripture for you just to kind of kick off. It's Romans 15, verse 4. Just kind of an introductory verse. I'm speaking from the NIV, just so everybody knows. Um, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So those of you who, who are maybe not in the Word as much as you should be, dive into it because that is your encouragement, that is your hope. You know, this guy Moses, Joshua, David, there's so much that we can learn from their lives not just about leadership, but just life in general. So just take that scripture to heart. You know, Romans 15, verse 4. It's all written for you to learn and grow in Christ, in life and in leadership. So our, our main focus passage is going to be Exodus chapter 18, and I'm going to try to zero in on one specific thing, although there may be some other things that I mentioned too. So, but Exodus 18 is going to be our main passage for tonight. So, believe it or not, I do have a paper Bible tonight. So, <laughs> so Moses, who is this guy Moses? Well, his name means to draw out. That's indicative of not only the circumstances of his birth, but also what he was called to do. I've always kind of thought that that was pretty cool, but he was a man called by God to lead Israel out of slavery and into freedom. We don't have slides for this, so. The guy also was a murderer, and he had an anger problem. He got hot real quick. 
if you read, I'm reading Exodus right now in my, in my study time, and so this guy got mad quick. He had an anger problem. But <laughs> God still used him as a leader. But he was, you know, we, we know he was raised by Pharaoh's daughter. He was educated in all the ways of Egypt. In the book of Acts, the scripture says that he was powerful in speech and action. Although we don't always see that in Exodus, though. But, oh, I could do, do, do something with that, too. But anyway, he was, he was God's chosen man to lead God's people Israel. And here's a, here's a really good point. He had a very close walk with the Lord. And I and I maybe I maybe I should have preached on that, but this guy was close to God. God says that He knew Him face to face. If there is anything that we that we can focus on as leaders, it's get close to God and stay there. That way, you've got something to give somebody else. You know, if, if I have a position of of kids pastor here, but I'm not walking with Jesus, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. Because I don't have anything to impart to them. Or whatever position you're in, whatever level of leadership that you're in, if you're not close to Jesus, you might as well get out because you've got nothing to give anybody. But maybe what's stored up in your head, I can give some head knowledge, but that's not going to impart life to those kids every Sunday and Wednesday. But if I'm close to God, I'm going to impart the life of Jesus to those kids every single week. Stay close to God if you're a leader. As I look briefly at Moses' leadership, especially in the early years, I picked up on just a couple of things, and I apologize for not having PowerPoint slides for all of this. He was close to the Lord. So just remember these kind of bullet points here. He was close to the Lord. Two, he received the law of God. He wrote the first five books of the, of the Bible. He knew the covenant law and did his best to abide by the word. Moses was a great intercessor for the people he led. Here's another one. If you're a leader... Be praying for the people that you lead on a regular basis. <laughs> if you're not praying for if I'm not praying for those kids outside of Sunday morning, I'm not doing my job as a leader. Pray for, you know, pray if you're a parent, pray for your kid, <laughs> you know. It's, and it's so awesome because Mariah will, will pray too, and she'll ask for prayer and do, do prayer requests herself now a little bit. So, but you know, that's, that blesses us as parents. But if you're, as a leader, if you're not praying for the people, even if you're a manager or a leader on the job, maybe you could do that too. You can still pray for them, even though it's not a church position, you know, per se. But anyway, Moses was a great intercessor for the people he led. How many times did God say, I'm going to destroy them all and start out, start out with you. Then Moses went before God for the people, and God relented and continued on with them because he had a plan. But Moses went before them. He was a great intercessor for the people that he led. Number four, he was a man of great faith, and he walked in the power of God. Witnessed the great signs and wonders and miracles that Moses did. I mean, he would speak to the rock and things would happen, and he would just, you know, he took that staff and he pirated the Red Sea with that. We know that was God's power flowing through him. And, 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 and this guy hadn't been baptized in the Holy Spirit like, like probably almost all of us in this room has. We have more power inside of us than Moses ever thought of having. You know, I mean, think about that for a minute. Anyway, I know I'm going on, off on a whole lot of things that I could preach about, but he, he was a great man of faith and walked in the power of God. Number five, he was considered to be one of the one of or even the greatest of all Old Testament prophets. Read Deuteronomy 34. Remember that he was so great that God buried him. He was the only one that I've ever read in scripture where God himself buried Moses. And I, probably because people would worship him. He was so great in what he did. But he was also a humble man too. But God buried him. That's how great he was. 
Isn't that pretty interesting? That's pretty cool. So, <clears throat> key thought. Moses was willing to learn. Here's another thing. Moses was willing to learn from others. I'm leading into Exodus 18, okay? Moses was willing to learn from others. How about as a leader, as a parent, as a teacher, as a, as a, you know, a manager on your job or whatever? If you're not one that, if you can't take constructive criticism, you will not grow. If you can't take, I don't, I don't mean someone just going off on you like a drill sergeant in the military, like I experienced when I was in the Air Force for a little while. Not all of you know that, but <laughs> that, was, that, that was before Jesus in my life, but they would tear you down, I mean, you know. But I'm not talking about that. I'm about like constructive criticism, advice, and say, hey, I think, you know, that there could be a, a more effective way to do this. And, and uh, you know, in, 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 our, in my role here, I'm open to that, you know. And, and as a parent, I'm open to that <laughs> as my wife, you know. <laughs> but anyhow, we need to be willing to take constructive criticism and advice and learn from it as leaders. If you can't do that, maybe you shouldn't be. Maybe you're not ready for leadership if you can't do that. If you get mad, how many times has someone said something to you like that and you got mad at them? You may not have verbalized it, but inside you were mad at that person. I've done that before. <laughs> you, didn't, you might not have said it, but you were mad because they criticized you. Maybe they were actually trying to help you or maybe God was trying to help you through that person, but you took it the wrong way. Is anyone ever, mind the only one that's ever done that? You know, I mean, you know, we, we, we got to be able to do that. In ministry and life and in leadership, or we're never gonna, we're not gonna grow beyond where we're at right now. So Moses is willing to learn from others. I'm gonna read a verse from Proverbs, and I don't know if if Chris can pull it up, but Proverbs 1 7. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Isn't that a cool verse? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And this word fool in Proverbs usually denotes someone who is morally deficient. They're deficient in some way, and they need to grow. But read the whole book of Proverbs. It's full of this of advice and, and even constructive criticism. Praise God. So Exodus chapter 18 Exodus 18, what's going on in this chapter? Israel is encamped before the mountain of God, and they are about to receive the word. They're about to head out into the promised land. And so so I'm going to read the first verse here. Now Jethro, the priest of Midian, this is Moses' father-in-law. He heard of everything God had done for Moses and for his people Israel and how the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And after Moses had sent away his wife Zippor and his father-in-law Jethro and their two sons, I'm going to skip a couple verses here down to verse 5. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, together with Moses' sons and wife, came to him in the desert where he was camped near the mountain of God. And Jethro had sent a word to him, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons. So this guy Jethro, I I didn't find a whole lot of information on this guy. He was Moses' father-in-law. He was a priest of Midian. He was some kind of a priest. So he was a leader in a way in his own right, as well as being Moses' father-in-law. So we'll read how he spoke into Moses' life and made a big difference. Amen. 
So what else is going on here? Verse, uh, verse 7. I'm just kind of setting the background here real quick. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law. He bowed down and kissed him. I don't see that too often these days here in our country, but <laughs> that was a sign of respect that Moses had for, for Jethro. Amen. And so Jethro was, hold on. And then Moses told his father-in-law about everything the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake and about all the hardships they met along the way, how the Lord saved them. So Jethro's excited. I mean, he's like, yeah, praise God. Thank you. He wasn't saying thank you, Jesus. But I almost said that myself. But he was rejoicing in the good things that God had done. Verse 10, he says, praise be to the Lord who rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and Pharaoh who rescued the people from the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all other gods, for he did this to those who treated Israel arrogantly. Now Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and other sacrifices to God, and Aaron came with all the elders, and they ate bread, and they had this big celebration in the presence of God over the goodness of God to Israel. So that, that's what's kind of going on in this chapter. So what, there's something that Jethro sees in Moses' day-to-day life and that's kind of really what I wanted to spend a little bit more time hitting on. Verse 13, I'm going to kind of go through this chapter, kind of not quite line by line, but almost. So Moses has this job. He's the leader of Israel. He's also the judge. And people had problems. You know, you get a bunch of people together, there's going to be problems. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And so Moses would sit there all day from morning till evening, judging all these cases from all these people. They all, they bring all, can you imagine like being in this guy's position and like everyone was bringing all their garbage and dirty laundry to him all day long and he had to try to figure it out all by himself, all day. I'd be absolutely exhausted by noon doing all that. But that's what Moses was doing. That's what Jethro sees here. This is where the constructive criticism thing comes in too. Verse, uh, verse 13, the next day Moses took his seat to serve as judge for all the people. They stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw what he was doing, this is, this is what he says, what is this you are doing for the people? He's like, Moses, what are you doing? <laughs> you're killing yourself, basically. He's like, yeah, you're, you're wearing yourself out. What is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone, there's a reason why I'm stressing this works. I'm getting to, the, to, the, to a point here. Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Well, Moses, why are you sitting here? It's like Pastor Todd's sitting by himself right now, right? So can you imagine like everyone in this church, or everyone in the, in the, in the district <laughs> bringing all their problems to him and he had to deal with it all day long? You wouldn't like that. He wouldn't like that, probably, would he? <laughs> it'd, wear, it'd wear you right out. Sometimes, sometimes I think pastors, especially lead pastors, probably think, probably feel that way sometimes, you know. <laughs> but anyhow. So this is what Moses says in response to Jethro's observation of what's going on here. Because the people come to me to seek God's will. Because they didn't know how to seek God's will for themselves. <laughs> Praise God that we don't have this problem in this church, but by and large. Because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and laws. So Moses was great. He was close to God. He, you know, 
and he, he can give them a good answer. You know, he, he was great at it. I'm sure he was great at it. But there's a problem. He shouldn't be doing that. But look at what Jethro says about it as well. What you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. Let me just kind of don't try to go it alone as a leader and try to do it all by yourself. No matter what level of leadership that you're in, no matter whether it's a church position, whether it's a business, whether it's at home or whatever, you know, do not try to do it all by yourself. You will wear yourself out. And you will destroy your ministry, your family, your marriage. You, you could hurt your kids because you're, you got nothing left to give. You're so tired, you're strained, you're stressed out. This happens, this happens to pastors a lot. And we, we, we statistics about how many quit every month, and I, you know, I'm not going to you know, get into all that, but it, it's, a, it's a fair number that quit every month, quit every year because of stuff like this. Because they're, they're trying to do it all by themselves. They're worn out. They're stressed out. They're, you know, we, we don't, don't we read of, of ministers that commit suicide? Isn't that sad? That's something that should not be happening. I mean, you're leading a flock of people as a shepherd. You're committing them to suicide because you're so stressed out. You know, think about that. That should not be happening in the church. And Moses shouldn't have been doing this. He was straining himself. Anyway, verse 18, you and these people who come to you aware yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You can't handle it on your own. Key leadership lesson here, verses 20 and 21. I wanna, I'm going to read it right off my sheet, and I don't have the slide for it, but since we cannot fulfill God's purpose and vision alone, we are to teach, instruct others, and invest in the lives of other potential leaders around you. All we got to do is look around us. Look who's in this church, who's in your ministry, who's in the kids' ministry, who's in the youth ministry, who's in the, in the whatever, you know, whatever, you know, level of uh, whatever position you have, whatever aspect of service that you do. You know, if you're a leader right now, look around you, see who you can spend time with, see who you can, who you can invest in, who, you, you know, who that you think my God might be raising up to be a leader themselves. We, we can do it in the kids' ministry. We can start to do it, you know. Um, we, we, have, we have youth helpers. We have two of them that are sitting in the room right now that help us out a lot in kids' ministry. You know who you are, so. I praise God for, for you guys, both of you, the help out in, in, in the kids. And God, because God has a great plan of leadership for, for you, he's already working on you. So and I see it, and my wife sees it, and the church sees it. So what is our job? To invest in them so they can, they can begin to take their place of leadership wherever that is. But if we don't do it and we try to do it, if I, if I try to do it all myself, but I'm not going to grow. My wife's not going to grow. The ministry's not going to grow. Nothing's going to happen if I try to do it all myself. Well, I can do it and go through the motions, you know, but eventually I'm going to wear myself out. I'm going to quit, <laughs> you know. Praise God for my wife who probably does as much, if not maybe even more sometimes than I do. So <laughs> I give honor where it's due. Listen now to me, verse 19, back into the word, and I will give you some advice, and may God be with you. Listen to what he says. It's in line with what I was just talking about, about investing in others. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him, to God. 
Here's what he says, verse 20. I like verse 20. If you have your Bibles or, or look on the screen, verse 20, it says, teach them the decrees so they know what to do rather than you having to figure it out all the time for yourself. Show them the way to live and the duties they are to perform. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and ten. That's what I'm talking about this investment in other leaders around you who can carry the load with you. Allow them to take their place of leadership and don't hoard it all for yourselves and try to be a lone ranger. Invest in the potential that you see around you. And I see so much in our kids' ministry. I could name names, but I, I, I probably shouldn't do it. But I can see so much. Even Friday night, I saw it. You know, and, and anyway, so in our, in our teenagers, same thing. And, and so anyway, verse 22, have them serve as judges for the people at all times. But you bring, bring them, and it's, you know, the hard cases, bring them to Moses. But all the other little trivial stuff, let these other leaders deal with it, right? That's why we as, as you know, head leaders over various aspects of, I'll say, the ministry here, we have to be doing this thing. It's our job as leaders to find other people and to raise them up. I could take you to Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. I won't do that for the sake of time. But think about that scripture. Most of you should know Ephesians 4, 11, 12, the fivefold ministry. And, you know, our job is to prepare God's people for works of service. That's the leader's job. A pastor's job is not to do it all. A pastor's job, and there's several pastors in this church, our job, our main job is to raise other people up. And that, that's what we're supposed to be doing, really, not doing everything. Sometimes that happens, and especially in a smaller setting. You know, and you're first starting out, that that happens, you know. But really, as leaders, that's your job is to invest in someone else, see the potential, give them opportunity, even if they're making a mistake and maybe they're not so good at something, but just let them do something, <laughs> you know, and get the ball rolling for them so they can take their place in the kingdom, whatever he has for them. And that's what Moses did here. So Moses, I can see, kind of had a knack for that. Now think for a minute. I don't have the scriptures for this. So I'm kind of going off my mind here. Think about Joshua. Everyone knows who Joshua is, right? Joshua is the one that actually took them into the promised land. Well, there's Joshua right there. But anyway, so anyway, but so Joshua was the one that actually took them over the river and into the promised land to fight a lot of battles. Joshua was a warrior. But you know what Joshua was? He was Moses' aide. He was Moses' personal assistant. He spent so much time with Moses up on the mountain with Moses as he was seeking God. There was one scripture, I can't think of the reference, where, you know, Moses left the tent of meeting and, and Joshua stayed there seeking God. And I, and I guarantee you, that again, I don't have the words, in, I don't have the scriptures, but that Moses spent time with his personal assistant. Moses invested in him and he gave, he poured his life into Joshua because Joshua was the one that God was preparing for the, to take them into the promised land. Isn't that, isn't that cool? And Joshua, we know, we know the battles that he fought and, and that, but just, you know, Moses had a knack for that. In Deuteronomy 34, 9, it, sees where it says where, where Moses laid his hands on Joshua. 
he had the spirit and wisdom of God because Moses laid his hands on him and prepared him for what was next. I think Pastor Juan preached a message a couple weeks ago about that, about preparing the next generation. Wasn't that what it's about? Yeah, about preparing the next generation. And Moses was purposeful and intentional about doing that. So let, let us take us some, some cues from the, the life of Moses here. And, and he, here's this phrase that I like that I got on my notes here. See the potential in those around you. Allow the Lord to open your eyes and see the potential that dwells in those around you. Praise God. Okay, verse, back to the word, verses 22 and 23. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you, the simple cases they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter. That's kind of a, that's another good benefit of building a team. Building a team. Because they will share it with you. I love how there's a team of leaders here in this church, and we all share the load. Isn't that pretty cool? Not every church has that. Many churches of this size have one pastor <laughs> a lot of times. So praise God for what he's put together here. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you'll be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. They won't go home complaining. They'll go home satisfied. <laughs> That's an important thing too. So <clears throat> just to give you a, a kind of a, another supporting scripture here, 2 Timothy 2 verse 2. The Apostle Paul was, was a master at doing this, at seeing the potential in others, pointing them out, taking them along for the ride, investing in their lives, and then giving them opportunity to step up. Apostle Paul was great at it. 2 Timothy 2, uh, verse 2. <clears throat> Excuse me. Again, this is Paul writing to the young pastor Timothy, who pastored the church, the church at Ephesus. Not an easy church to pastor, especially at that age and that time. But that was Timothy's call. So Paul was preparing him through these, these pastoral letters. 2 Timothy 2, verse 2. I'll read verse 1, though. But he says, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And here's, here's my emphasis here. And the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses are what Paul taught. Entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Isn't that a cool verse? I like that. They will invest in others and trust the ministry to them that they will be qualified to teach others. So you don't have to carry the burden all by yourself. So Paul built this team of people that, that were around him, and they shared the load. And how much more effective was the ministry because he built a team? Maybe I should have had that as a title, you know, I don't know. But, but you know, build a team. In the kids' ministry, you know, eventually we'll, we'll, we'll have a, a team of, of leaders, a team of volunteer leaders. And that's, that's my goal in a way, is to eventually get to that point to where we can raise up others to do some of the things, too, and kind of share some of the load with us. But that's, you know, that's probably in the, in the in near future, but. That's part of my goal, and same with the youth, and the same with other, other aspects of the ministry here. But, <clears throat> you know, build a team. Moses, in Exodus 18, he built a team. He prepared the next generation, Joshua. He was purposeful. He was intentional about it. He didn't just, just kind of shuffle along and, oh, okay, well, here you go, guys. You know, 
but he had to, like Jethro's advice was choose reliable men, choose trustworthy men, choose capable men. Well, he had to kind of know who, who to choose, you know, if you want to choose, because not everyone sitting in your church is, cap- is a capable, trustworthy, reliable person, unfortunately, but, but I've seen the other side of that too. I think we all have. So Paul had to be prayerful. That's that staying close to God thing. <laughs> you know who to talk to. Having God open your eyes to see that potential. You got to be close to God in order for that to happen. You got to know the word. So you got to be in the word. You know, if you're a leader, you got to be in the word. You got to know the word. I can go on and on about that, but I don't have time to do it. But, you know, if you're a leader, know the word, know God's presence, know his voice. I mean, we think about Jesus, and again, I don't have slides for any of this, but think about how did Jesus know who to choose for the 12? Do you think he just, oh, he was God, so he just, he just did that automatically? No, he spent all night in prayer to God on the mountain before that. All night. I have yet to do something like that. <laughs> I think I'd follow. I'm usually asleep on the couch by 9 o'clock at night, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but, you know, Jesus didn't have that problem, did he? <laughs> he would just, he'd spend the whole night in prayer to his father. The guy was amazing. <laughs> he was also God, too. But, but you know, it kind of helps, doesn't it? You know, he was God. He was man. He, you know, but he was God, too, so it kind of helps. But there's a little bit of a leg up on us. <laughs> but, but, you know, I believe that we as leaders can, can walk in the same vein. If we're walking close to God, we're in the word, we can know who to go talk to and who to raise up. God can open our eyes to see that potential. I, I really believe that or I wouldn't be saying it. <laughs> you know, just like Jesus. I mean, we don't, maybe we don't have to spend all night in prayer to God. I'm not, you know, saying you have to do that. But how do you think that he knew who to choose? He was, not only was he close to his father, but he, he was intentional. Right from the very beginning of his earthly ministry, what was he doing? Investing in others' leaders. See, right from the very beginning, that's what he was doing. That's what you do. Follow Jesus. If nothing, you don't get anything out of this. You know, just follow Jesus, Paul, and Moses. <laughs> you know, but, but don't don't get don't have an anger problem like Moses had. You know, but anyway, the guy was the guy could get the guy could turn hot really quick. I mean, you know, man, he just smashed those stone those stone tablets. You know, you know the golden calf. You know that changes. You know, I don't recommend that, but he just came down the mountain with the, with the, with the work of God in his hands and smashed him. <laughs> I don't recommend that. <laughs> you know, but God was merciful, and they, they did it again, and, you know, but. So, raise up. Here's what Jethro said to Moses. Here's what I'm saying to us as leaders. Raise up a team of leaders. Lead them. Train them. Invest in them. See the potential in them. And empower them to lead. It's not, you know, enough just to say, okay, can, can you go help me out and can you go help me out in, in kids' church a couple Sundays a month? I mean, that's great, you know, and, and, nothing, and do nothing else after that. How about empower that person so they can do some of the same things that you do? Empower, that's not enough just to give someone a position, but empower them to actually lead, <laughs> you know. In closing, I'm looking at the clock here. Leadership lessons and from the life of Moses. Don't forget these points. Stay close to God. Don't try to go it alone. Build a team of leaders around you. See the potential in the lives of others around you. Invest your life in them.
Amen.